Yeah, Welcome yeah, yeah. to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. And I think I'm Jason. <laughs> Are you okay there? We had a little bit of a false start there, uh, people. Sorry. Yes, we did. It was a highly anticipated, semi-stressful moment where Eric had started the cue music. He got up and was readjusting his uh, air purifier here in a new setup that we're in. And I was not sure if he was aware that the show... I don't Actually, I wasn't sure if he had started the show intently or not. And yeah. my natural radio instincts took over. I saw he wasn't in the seat, and so I said, "Oh crud! I better jump in and just do the intro right now." That was funny, yeah, because I, I was over there. Yes. I was over there adjusting <clears throat> stuff, and then all of a sudden I hear you go off, and I thought, "Oh, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, we're not, we haven't, we haven't." Only well, to have Eric come over and yeah. say, "Dude, we didn't start yet." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> but you did a good job, like you said, your radio, because you. you are a radio man. You were uh, yes on radio. I was for 15 years. And I was an on-air announcer. Yes. Yeah. So your your radio instincts, like you said, kicked <laughs> they in. Did. Yeah. Yeah. They did. So you you know you rolled with it. Plus you been on stage and that's you have to improv and just go with things yes, sometimes that is true eric, yeah, yeah eric, eric and i both have been on stage and so i'm sure we both have had theatrical moments where we have either forgotten lines or someone else has forgotten lines that we've been on stage with and we've had yeah. to improv with them or they've had to improv with us or kind of a little bit of both you know that would be that would probably make a great uh, podcast we should do that uh i, I, like I talk that. there's the other podcast that we're involved with right the no oh, focus no radio. focus radio hour yeah and yeah. uh and i've talked with uh, uh johnny knobs is the guy character Max, right. so I talked with him about doing maybe a theater one where we talk about theater experiences. That'd be a good one. That would be a fantastic, and that'd probably be a good one. one for us to do here as well. Talk about I think some so. theater experiences. That would be yeah. Fun. I mean, when you think about it, uh, the American theater is ingrained in pop culture as well. I mean, yeah. it may get overshadowed sometimes from films and TV and digital technology and all the different ways that we can stream and watch entertainment nowadays. But when you think about it, theater's been around much longer. Uh, it's been around since uh, really the ancient ancient the days dawn of, of time. The Dawn of Time, according yeah. to Mel Brooks, yeah. And so, I mean, <laughs> American theater is ingrained in our culture. I mean, you think yep. about shows like HMS Pinafore, you think about West Side Story, you think mm. about, you know, Sound of Music and... Streetcar Named Desire. Streetcar Named Desire and uh, other great uh, theatrical stage productions, uh, um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be fun. You know, we could talk about maybe some of our favorite theater shows, either that we've been in or that mm. we've seen. So, yeah, that's a good idea. I like yeah, that. Let's put yeah. that on Padlet for the... Uh, for the not yeah, too distant future here. That's yeah. That's that's we'll do that for sure because that'll be I like fun. That. I, yeah, I do too. That would be very fun. Good idea. Um, hey, um, mm -hmm. I wanted to to ask you if you seen now you well actually I I did ask you. You said you had yeah. not seen Ahsoka. No, I'm finishing my Mission Impossible mission. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you about that. So you you went ahead. You did now. I a couple of podcasts ago I talked about my mm -hmm. Mission Impossible. Yes. Uh, uh, what did you call it? Uh, I don't know. What would you call it? Journey. Journey. Watching all the movies again. I would call it binge fest. But binge yeah, fest. Journey. That's binge a better fest. term. There you yeah. go. Um, Tom uh, Tom Cruise Journey. Our Tom Cruise Journey. That's right. Um, so what, what are you thinking now? You're watching all the movies now. Yeah. What, yeah. what are some of your thoughts? Now I gave some of my thoughts back mm -hmm. in, in the other one. What are some of your thoughts on rewatching so them? Wait, and where are you? First off, where are you at right now? Okay, I uh, just finished the third one last night. Ooh, oh, you're still fresh into it then. I'm still fresh into it. Okay. Yeah, all I right. just started earlier this week, and because of my work schedule, it's real hectic yeah. for me to get home and watch a movie consistently, especially when I do yard work and I cook. And yeah, life gets in the way, right? Exactly. Life throws a Sandy Koufax curveball. 
way of this podcast. It Why? Does. As as uh, the Why? great right, exactly. Stop it. And as the great Ian Malcolm once said, life will find a way, and <laughs> life does find a way sometimes. <laughs> but so yeah, I watch them. I've been watching them when I can, usually before I go to bed. Did, did he say pod? I think he said <clears throat> podcast will find a way. He did. Is that what it was? Podcasting will find a way. Podcasting will find a way. And we don't go out into the park and lift up the microphone skirts. Is that when either. they found the DNA podcast <laughs> in the mosquito at the exactly? At Jurassic park? That's yeah. right. We okay. just had too much power and we didn't respect it enough, Eric. Uh, so okay, yeah, so you're three into it. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, just finished the third one, and I'm really going back and kind of appreciating and just admiring um, how just the overall quality of the films. Mm. I think when you talk about the great action film series of all time, obviously people are going to throw out their, you know, Sylvester Stallone's Rambo movies. They're going to throw out their, um, the lethal weapon series is considered one of the best action movie, uh, franchises of all time. And then you have like in the realm of sci-fi action, when you get into the matrix films, those are kind of uttered in that conversation Mm. as well. But when you look at the overall bang for your buck, the quality of the films, you can't go wrong with the Mission Impossible films as a franchise. And say what yeah. you will about Tom Cruise. I'm a little bit hypocritical about the guy because he drives me insane as a person, <laughs> jumping up and down on couches and professing his love to the entire Western Hemisphere. But let's yeah, give the yeah. guy his due credit. <clears throat> he knows how to make some very entertaining and quality films. And the thing I love most about the Mission Impossible films right now is that there's different elements of Ethan Hunt that we see <clears throat> the main character unfold in every single film Mm. and the first one obviously it's the introductory film we get to meet ethan and his team we see what ethan's capable of and the second film it's about him going after this uh this killer virus and so we see a little bit more physical version of ethan because that's a john woo film that's when he's hanging off the cliff exactly where he's hanging (laughs) off the cliff and have me have getting sweaty palms in the process just watching it yeah but that one was directed by john woo and if you know anything about john woo's style he does a lot of really slow motion action scenes and enhances a lot of the explosions and the hand-to-hand combat stuff. Yeah. And so in that one, we see a more physical version of Ethan Hunt. In the third film, which I'm just finishing right now, or I just finished, we see a more vulnerable Ethan Hunt, a guy Mm -hmm. who decides, okay, I'm leaving the life. I'm leaving IMF, and I'm going to get married. I want to start a family and see what that's like. And then we find out that when his uh, wife, Michelle Monaghan, uh, is kidnapped by Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, Owen Davian. We see that vulnerable side of Ethan Hunt that we've never seen before. Yeah. And so I'm just really appreciative. That one, was that J.J. Abrams? <clears throat> that was J.J. Abrams directed. Third, uh, yeah. Third one, yeah. Yeah, it was. And so, yeah. And again, uh, just really appreciating the overall quality of the films. And when you mark down the 10 best action franchise series of all times, I think the Mission Impossible franchise has to be up in at least the top 10. Oh, for sure, yeah, and 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 even just, I mean, not only are they great films, like you said, but also yeah. the the longevity. I mean, each yeah. that was the one thing about you know the Mission Impossible that that is, I mean, they do kind of the same thing over. Mm-hmm. Do you accept this mission? It's going to self destruct. Right. But after that, that's part really, of the allure, though. That's part of the allure. But yeah. after that, and and of course, always the disguise, because that was the TV right. show. Now that that mm-hmm. for people who don't know, that was based on a TV show, Mission Impossible. I can't think of the actors that were in it right now. But basically, that those are elements that they used in that TV show, yeah. and they brought over to the movies where he's like, they're always wearing a mask, you know, they're yeah. impersonating someone else. And Peter that's, Peter Graves was one of the actors in Mission Impossible. Peter Graves, okay, we yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I'll I'll look it up when I get a chance here, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll go through it. But yeah, um, but anyway, so those are elements, and that and then and the self destructing message. Those are the, right? the, the the elements that were in the TV show. So they, yeah. I like that that they kept them. You know, kept it kind of classic in that way. Yeah, I do too. But but like you say, each film really is its own 
entity, but and and on top of that, what I was getting at is with the longevity <clears throat> of that series. I mean, yeah. so what eight will be the last one, right? It eight, will be the last one. Yeah, yeah. Dead Reckoning Part Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it is it's pretty amazing what they've done with that series. And there's yeah. been there's movies that are that are liked more than others. Like I talked about, I think mine so far was Ghost. <clears throat> I think it was Ghost Protocol. Ghost number Protocol. Five. Yeah. Is that number five, I think? No, yeah. Ghost Protocol is four. Four. Number four, yeah. Rogue Nation is five. Oh, okay, yeah. And then you have Fallout, which is six. Six. Okay, mm-hmm. right, yeah. So number four yeah. so far is, is my favorite out of the whole series, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ghost Protocol is quality action film. Some, yeah. Some great stunts in there, some great effects, some great action scenes. Uh, spe- I, love, I really love that car chase in the uh, during the dust storm. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, right. That yeah. was really cool. It's funny, though. It's always... I will say the Mission Impossible is when you watch them back to back to back. There's there's a couple of elements with Tom Cruise you know is always going to happen. Yeah, one is an awesome car chase. Exactly, they, have, they at least have one awesome car chase. Yep, and then they have at least twenty minutes of Tom Cruise running at full speed somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what? this guy is like running. We we kind of became a joke too. We're like, oh, there he again? goes again because yep. he's like running full speed somewhere. He's running. He's running on top of a building. He's running in the desert. He's running. I mean, just all over the place. I will say this: he's one physically fit he's, dude, isn't? He's kind of the Forrest Gump of uh, spy agents, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> run, <laughs> Tom, run. Yeah. Run, Ethan, run. Right, exactly. Run, Ethan, yeah. run. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to ask you again. I'll re- we'll revisit it. I want to ask you again yeah. which, which one is your favorite out of that so far. Unless you can tell me now, but you don't have to. You can watch the others yeah. and then let me know again. Because it really helped me watching it back to back to yeah. back. It, it it really helped with my understanding, like you say, of the character of the franchise. Seeing them so many years apart, it was really tough. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to watch them back to back to back, then it's like, it, it really... Yeah. So far, I'm still going to say it's the third one. However, I do reserve the right to go back and change my mind at a subsequent <laughs> time. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll rehash this and revisit visited right. somewhere down the road. This is not court <laughs> testimony. We're not going to hold you to that. You know, no. We're not going to hold you to the third one. I'm not going to plead the fifth. No self-incrimination, yeah, I'm folks. telling you, that fourth one will get you. That yeah. fourth one will get you. Oh, hey, look. The fourth I, I one. I know you know it, but I mean, yes. it'll when you watch it back to back to back. Right, exactly. Yeah. Plus, I like seeing Tom Cruise with long hair. So, <laughs> And he had long hair back in the fourth in the fourth film again. So, Oh, did he? <clears throat> yeah, I think he did, huh? Well, yeah. remember, in the first one, he had short hair. Second yeah. one, he had long hair. Third one, he had short hair. Short hair. Fourth one, back to long the hair. The third one, he and also, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tondi Newton was in the third one. No, second, second one. one. Sorry, yeah. second one with John Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the one thing. John Woo, I like John Woo, but uh, those those slow motion shots were just, you know, sometimes they were just a little too much. Like when they're yeah. in, the, in that car chase scene mm-hmm. where he's chasing her, and then they he like they crash into each other, and they're like spinning yep. around in slow motion, looking exactly. into each other's eyes. Yep. And it's, oh my God. Exactly. Well, I also think Typical about John Woo. I also think about that uh, that fight scene at the end of the movie between Ethan and uh, Sean uh, Ambrose, where mm. there's a couple of really slow moments there, especially when they jump in the air while their while their oh, motorcycles yeah, are mid air yeah, and they yeah. jump and they hit each other. Typical and John Woo. Typical and then, John Woo. And then the yeah. gun popping the gun somehow, popping the gun at the very end out of the How uh, does he kick it out of the dirt, out, darn out it? The I mean dirt. I've tried that before and There's I tripped no. over my own feet. I mean, geez, how does he do that? <laughs> Don't try that. You might shoot yourself. That's yeah, like, that would be shoot myself. Make sure it's a, a squirt gun or something. You're yeah, to a good idea. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, hey, let's let's jump into some of our other content. Ahsoka, Ahsoka I did watch and and I I was trying to tell 
tell you, it's funny. I did post a picture, and you actually reposted on Facebook. So you guys can go to our social media. Yeah. Uh, at PTI underscore podcast will be X, formerly Twitter. And and on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. So I posted a picture that I memed of uh, Ahsoka. Because what happens when I when I watch this episode, and we won't go into the whole episode on this one. I'll let you watch it. Okay, please. But there is a part, because you haven't seen it yet, there is no. a part of the episode where she's literally standing on the their, their inner spaceship, her and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sabine. And it's dead. It has gone dead, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the other guys are coming after him. The bad guys are coming after him, and they're shooting. So she's going to distract him. So she goes out okay. in a spacesuit, okay. right? And goes and walks on the wing of her ship okay. and, and uses her lightsabers. This is cool. It's a cool scene. Uses huh. her lightsabers as they're shooting, you know, shooting lasers at her. She's using the lightsabers to deflect them. Huh. Okay. Now that's why I because I'm explaining it to you because that's why you you hadn't seen the episode yet. Correct. But she walks out in this spacesuit and the spacesuit that she has on, I swear I could not get the, the image out of my mind look just like Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. So that's why I put that when I meme that Sonic the Hedgehog uh, uh you know in, in on you know as a soca on the spaceship. I, I just cannot get that out of my mind now. She looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. It's done, it's over. Because she the, the suit is even blue and white. Okay. The okay. spacesuit. And then of course right. it even goes around, it perfectly fits her little head head thing, uh-huh. whatever that is. It perfectly fits it. Okay. You know, it's not right. like a big helmet she's wearing. She's wearing something that's like perfectly fitted over her head, okay. the way her head's shaped. Okay. And it looks like Sonic. It's all blue and white, and it looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. So anyway, right. anyway uh, I thought you'd enjoy that. But. Well, no, I do. I find wait, that wait, very enjoying. That's, wait till you get to that. I will. Um, <laughs> anyway, but also talking about Star Wars going on here, I found on Screen Rant, uh, they had an article here. It was talking about uh, George Lucas that, you know, a lot of people have, have are very upset with the uh, Force, mm-hmm. right? They're saying, how can, how can it, you know, there's only certain people that have the Force. That's the big, mm-hmm. is that the big argument you've heard? You know, there's people that say that, well, everyone has the force, and some just know how to use it. And then there's others that say, no, 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 there's only certain people that that actually have, you know, use of the force or have this force. But yet, I mean, we do know Obi-Wan in the original Mm -hmm. explained, right? The force is all around us. Yes. Right? It's a mystical energy field that binds the galaxy together, surrounds all of us, regardless of who you are. Yeah. It surrounds all of us and binds us and binds the galaxy together. So essentially what and what this uh, article had in there was that uh, uh, George Lucas explained that the Force's rules 42 yeah. years ago. He's they're talking about originally. He explained it, and sure. it just paid off in Ahsoka because they basically just kind of in this in Episode 3, they revisited not really what was said, but they kind of restated it. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> Sabine's trying to use a force and it ain't working for her. So, yeah. But so I just thought this was kind of interesting. So basically, um, for people out there to kind of put, to kind of squash this conversation here. Yeah. Um, or this argument. Um, it's They say in here, in 1981, a conversation transcribed in J.W. Rensler's The Making of Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. It says that uh, it features uh, Lucas and screenwriter Lawrence uh, Kasdan and director uh, Richard uh, Marquand. Marquand, yeah. Yeah, breaking the story for the original trilogy's final installment. And then Lucas explains in here uh, the rules of the Force uh, to his collaborators, right? So mm-hmm. he, when, they were, when they were breaking it down, they're getting ready to do it. He's explaining the rules, and, he's, and, they, and yeah. uh, uh, Kasdan asked, uh, the Force was available to anyone who could hook into it? And Lucas mm-hmm. said, yes, everybody can do it. And Kasdan replies, not just the Jedi. Lucas says, it's just the Jedi who take the time to do it. So basically, it's just the Jedi take the time to learn the skills. 
So okay. So so yeah. So I guess everybody. So in Lucas's <coughs> world, everybody does have the force available to him. Yes. Now I will say that, um, and uh, Marquand, I'll, to finish out real quick, let's just finish it out. Marquand says uh, they use it as a technique. Lucas replies, like Yoda, if you want to uh, yoga. Sorry, not Yoda. Like yoga, yeah. if you want to take uh, the time to do it, you can do it. But the ones who really want to do it are the ones who are into that kind of thing, also like karate. So the ones that really want to do it, they really get into yoga, right? So it would be like the, yeah. people, the Jedis are the ones who really want to use, the, learn how to use the Force yes. and use the Force. Mm-hmm. How, how does that set with you? What do you think? Well, first of all, um, George has always been somewhat ambiguous when he talks about certain elements of his Star Wars franchise, especially with the Force, because I've heard him on numerous occasions, whether I've seen him in interviews on television or at fan conventions or anything else. He's always been very ambiguous about how he describes certain elements. And like I said, the Force is one of those elements that he's very ambiguous when. And the reason why Mm. is because I think at least the way I interpret it is George wants the Force to be interpreted the way the fans want to interpret it. Mm. So even though he has a general idea, he had a general idea of what the Force was going to be when he created this wonderful universe. Obviously, he's left it open for interpretation over the years. Now, that tends to be a little bit frustrating because in reading this, it sounds to me like really George is kind of doing more of mincing words than everything else. But I also think that... um, While we all were raised on the belief that the Jedi were the only ones that could use the Force, I think as the Star Wars universe has expanded exponentially to go beyond the original trilogy, yeah. George has also had to cut away from the ambiguity and expand his explanation of the Force as well. So what I'm trying to say, to strip it down in simpler terms, I think George is adjusting to the universe he created that has since been expanded on by others. And so he's trying to find a way to make it a lot easier for fans and non-fans especially to understand. But also remember, he <clears throat> said this. This was Return of the Jedi. So this okay. is after the – so he basically yes. – this was stated after the uh, – in an interview mm-hmm. they were talking about it. But this was stated uh, you know, during Return of the Jedi. Well, and, so – And, and even, <clears throat> even during that time, especially the time that you're mentioning here that's mentioned in the article, he's always been like that yeah. with all of the elements. So not just uh, post – uh, original trilogy, trilogy, but during the uh, the time of the original trilogy, and even even before that too. So sometimes I wonder if if they do themselves a disservice because you know everybody wants to know, right? Yes. But let's just say you know as a, as a creator, you're, you create characters, you don't know all the answers necessarily, uh-huh. you know of 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 certain details. But yes. you know it's like sometimes I think that that's a disservice. Maybe they shouldn't. They should leave it just kind of. <coughs> ambiguous and not tell us exactly what it is and let us just kind of have our own um have our own thoughts on it yeah but you know as it pertains though to return of the jedi i mean i mean the the central not the central plot but the general thought or the general premise especially around return of the jedi at that time was just about two of the most powerful force beings of all time in luke skywalker and and dark vader good and evil yeah good and evil and so like, like you just alluded to because he was referencing return of the jedi at that time Again, all of us were led to believe that Jedi were really the only ones who could tap into the potential of the Force and utilize it to the best of their abilities. Now, now to go back on what I was saying, though, even though this was the Return of the Jedi times, at that point, yeah. though, they had probably they they had expanded the universe, right? Because there were probably books and everything that had, that had came out.
bomb. That was what nine or that was uh, 83, 80, Return, 82, 83. Jedi came out in 83. Yeah. So by and, that time, so you figure from 77 to 83, they had yeah. people that had written books, expanded on the universe somewhat. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the canon had started to explode a few years after Jedi came out when writers realized that they were able to expand the universe based on elements from the original trilogy and the characters as well. And it really wasn't, Eric, until Timothy Zahn, who was a Hugo Award-winning science fiction writer, went up to George Lucas and said, I'd like to write three books that take Mm -hmm. place just five years after Return of the Jedi. I want to expand on the original characters and kind of bring a new uh, focus of not only the dark side of the Force, but the, the Empire as well. Hence, the Thrawn trilogy, which became very, very popular novels. And really, it was after those novels were written when Star Wars canon exploded. Okay. And that's, but this was after Return of the Jedi. This was after Return okay, of the Jedi. Gotcha. Yeah, the Thrawn trilogy didn't come out until the late 80s, I want to say. The first book came out, I think, in 88 or 89. Hmm. And then, um, obviously, the subsequent ones came out in the early 90s, and then everything else, as they say, is history. You know, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it, I mean, to be honest. I mean, it, yeah. it is kind of hard to, to say... I mean, because you do have, I mean, he did state in the first one, uh, you know, with Obi-Wan's dialogue that yeah. the force is all around us. It's it's basically, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess he's kind of sticking to it. But then I guess, you know, yeah. there's other there's, there are people that just have more sensitivity to it, right? The midichlorians yeah. and all that stuff, um, which I never hear talk about in any of these other series. Right, exactly. And something else, too. George has always, always liked to keep his actors and his directors and producers kind of on the edge of their seats in regards to elements about the stories. Mm. For example, in Empire Strikes Back, we all know the scene where Luke gets his hand cut off. Darth Vader oh, tells yeah. him, I'm your father. Mark Hamill didn't know about that part of the story until the, they, they actually went to shoot the scene. George deliberately held that from him. And the reason why is because George said, look, it's going to provide more of a cinematic element if uh, you don't know about it until it actually happens. And Mark even said, I was surprised. I had no idea that that was in the script until George came up to me literally minutes before we shot that scene and said, okay, he's going to tell you he's he's your father after he cuts off your hand. (laughs) <laughs> and so, fast forward to what this story is Happy referencing. Happy Father's Day. Right. It, it only stands to reason that George would want to keep everybody in lingo a little bit about yeah. what the Force really is. Because, I mean, you don't want them to know too much to uh, spoil the story to an extent where it waters down the plot. But at the same time, you want to give them just enough information to feed the fuel for the plot of the story. Well, and I think, too, you know, going back to memory, I mean, I watched this thing in the theater back in 77 originally. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the force, I mean, you always knew, I think you just kind of knew it always had the same, uh, it had its roots in whatever types of religions that Lucas, you know, pulled it from. But, I mean, everybody just kind of knew. I mean, they just kind of knew what it was, I think, you know. And then, of course, you know, people want to have details, and then that's when it gets really kind of muddled. Yeah. When you get too many details. Well, who can have it? Who can do it? Who can wield it? Who can this? Who can that? You know? (laughs) Exactly. But but just the idea of it originally, it was just simple and pure, and Mm -hmm. and we just, I think people just knew. You know, that yeah. there, there is a force. And plus, too, you got to figure in the 70s, there was a lot of this yoga meditation that was big back then. And uh, so yep. so that's probably why it people hooked into it. And maybe that's why George uh, used it, too, back then. But, yeah, yeah, most definitely. And then, you know, also, um, you know, George based uh, a lot. Some of the elements of the of the like the Jedi, at least, were based in part on um, a lot of Akira Kurosawa's characters in movies like Seven Samurai. Mm. And the Jedi were kind of direct. um 
were kind of direct representations of, of samurai warriors. And so they had certain beliefs that they... Um, code, code that they live by. Code that they live by, just yeah. kind of like the Jedi did, yeah. you know? And so that was kind of a secret element of their society, just kind of like the Force is a secret element of... Uh, well, not a secret, but like a, uh, a special element, I guess is a better word to describe, uh, of the Jedi's code and the Jedi society. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, again, that only stands to reason that George wants to continue to... Um, uh, elaborate on that, but also to continue to, uh, I guess, better, I don't know, put into better focus what it's about. I, I don't know. Well, I think what it is, ever since, you know, they had the, uh, uh, which one was the, uh, I always, I, 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 I think I'm purposely forgetting them, but uh, which one was the, uh, uh, not the last Jedi, but the, uh, is it the Rise? Which which one does Rey find, try to find out who her parents were? Which uh, one was that? The, I think uh, that, not Force Awakens. Um, the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. I think is that it was the Last was? Jedi. Yeah. yeah. So I was right. The Last Jedi. So uh, ever since then, you know, I think what it is is that you know people are upset because you know they always thought of the Jedi as maybe a special somehow. Yeah. But then if everybody can use the Force, I think that that's where the problem comes in because mm-hmm. you know you hear the term, well, if if uh, everyone is special, no one is special, right? So. Right. I, I think that's where people are upset, and that, that's kind of where this comes into. But I don't know. How else do you play it? I don't know. It's, it's a tough decision. It is a tough decision, especially when you're dealing with such an expansive universe and you're dealing with different ways to interpret it. Yeah, I don't. maybe it's one of those scenarios where there's no right and no wrong. Maybe it's yeah. just based on your opinion and how you interpret it. Yeah. So anyway, I thought it was kind of interesting. So Yeah, very interesting. Hey, uh, you also, unfortunately, we lost uh, kind of an uh, icon uh, – this was it this week, right? Mm, we did. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Tell us the story here. What's going on? Yeah, we lost one of the greatest uh, entertainment ambassadors in in our history, and you might have known him, folks. His name is Bob Barker, yeah. the legendary game show host of my favorite game show. The reason why I stayed home sick from school on certain days just so I could watch <laughs> The Price Is Right. Yeah. We lost Bob Barker earlier this week. He died at the age. I'm sorry, passed away at the age of 99. Uh, the closest almost made it almost made it to that one dollar bet right yeah. <laughs> but yeah Bob Barker of course was the host of prices right for more than what was it Eric 30 maybe 40 oh, yeah. years yeah I think it was 40 40, 40 plus, years yeah. yeah and I mean Bob Barker is a, I mean you could make an argument that he's the one who is um, kind of the the ambassador of popular game shows and even mm. though there were guys that came before him like Chuck Barris with the gong show and some others, I think. Uh, I don't think Chuck Barris came before him, right? But I, I, I do think, yeah, there, there are plenty of game shows. Game shows have been, I mean, ever since TV has yeah. been in, in, in homes of Americans when it began, yeah. when they, you know, when people could start having exactly. sets in their homes. <clears throat> yeah, the game shows were there, and then even before that, they probably, I, I think there were a few radio <clears throat> shows uh, that were there you know, were game shows. Mm-hmm. So the game show has been, you know, around forever. It has. Um, but but yeah, to have a game <clears throat> show last as long as it has, I mean, it's still going on, right? It's still going on. Uh, yeah. is just I mean it's unheard of yeah it is but but it seemed like it hit you know like you're saying probably the 70s and 80s is to me is when it really hit its stride that was at its apex it yeah, seems like yeah yeah price is right and yeah. Barker was full was front and center in that and you know what made him so unique was just his onstage presence he had such a very comfortable and very um very comfortable, very loose presence on the stage. And, of course, he was famous for the female contestants coming up and French kissing him and kissing him <laughs> on the cheek and contestants giving him custom-made T-shirts and, of course, telling people they didn't get close enough to the $1 bet to get up there on the final whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and then 
Um, of course, I need to mention he was in one of single-handedly one of the greatest movie cameos in history. Well, I was going to say that. I was going to say Happy Gilmore. It, he's best known for it. Didn't he star yeah. in Happy Gilmore? <laughs> sort of. You could say he did. In fact, folks, I posted that that famous the cameo price scene. Price is wrong. From the price is wrong. Bleep. I posted that section of the uh, Happy Gilmore movie uh, from YouTube on our Facebook page on oh, Part nice, Intermission. Nice. So when you have a chance, yeah. go there and watch it. But yeah, he was in uh, Happy Gilmore. And yeah, one of the greatest fight scenes be- ever in cinematic. I think history. That's, that's what the thing is that it seemed like he didn't take himself too too seriously. I mean, you know, he could right. do that, and make fun of himself, right? And in that in Happy Gilmore, you know, and, and exactly, just, and yeah. Whereas you know, you see someone like we talked about him a few podcasts ago, Pat Sajak. He's, yeah, he's uh, hanging it up. But you see him, and he doesn't look like he would. He's that kind of guy that would, you know, no. thinks you know would make fun of himself like that in a movie. But you know, Bob was, yeah. and uh, yeah, and now and look, I Bob- think he also now didn't he? Wasn't there a Bob Barker marionette like puppet show down in L.A. or something that was really popular for years and years? Yeah, it was kind of like a variety show. Okay, I think it yeah, was. yeah. But it, I it think they were trying. Somebody's trying to bring something mm-hmm. back of that. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah and you know, look, Bob. Bob wasn't without his faults either. There were several occasions, especially in the 90s, where he had a couple of, uh, of sexual harassment lawsuits Uh-oh. slapped on him Uh-oh. from former female <laughs> co-hosts and the uh, the models who appear who would like oh that's you know, right showcase yeah, yeah. like who would showcase that like box the Vanna of, White yeah of. Uh, of- yeah, of they would the showcase show. the prizes. They would yeah. showcase like that box of Clorox you would win if you placed yeah. the correct bet. It's like great yeah. Clorox, wonderful. Yeah, you know. But and so he had a couple of harassment lawsuits filed against him, and he was known for being a little bit uh, extremely flirtatious with the female contestants as well. Yeah. But but look, I mean, all that aside. He still overall was a genuine person, was a very big animal rights activist. Mm. And, uh, yeah, his his legacy in pop culture and entertainment can't be stated enough. Well, and it'll never be repeated because, as we no. talked about many times, you know, the landscape has changed. When we grew yeah. up, we had three, maybe four TV stations. Right, And, and right. you had very limited, and each one almost had a different thing going. Yeah. And you had very limited uh, uh, choices. Mm-hmm. So that's why that, that show, I think, mm-hmm. like we're talking about Apex, why it was so popular. As you got into cable and of course now streaming forget it but you know as cable yeah. came into it then of course you had more choices to watch during the day yeah and game shows kind of you know went i mean that one was still so popular that it was yeah. able to, to obviously keep going as it is but but game shows kind of became less and less relevant so yeah absolutely so i don't think it'll be repeated but anyway no, yeah it's real no. sad you know we're, we're losing all these guys jason that we grew up with what's going on I, here I, what it means is uh, we're getting older my friend oh, don't talk about that don't talk about that <laughs> hey it's uh it's almost time for us to go but i did want to bring up one more story here actually uh, a little good news mm-hmm. um we have a streaming service who for its customers is actually lowering prices. Yay! Holy Lord, I'm glad what? I'm sitting down. Yeah, let's celebrate. <laughs> Time to celebrate. Right. Anyway, just a quick little story, folks. So, Stars, if you're a Stars subscriber, mm-hmm. apparently they're actually uh, going to uh, drop the price a bit. I think it's going from uh, $74.99 for their annual subscription. Now, I'm not sure if this is going to affect monthly subscribers. It doesn't mm-hmm. say. But uh, right now, seventy four ninety nine. If you're an annual subscriber, it's going to go down to sixty nine ninety nine. Oh, gee, wow! So you're going to save a, whole, a few big bucks ten dollars there. there. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's hey, it's something, right? At least mm-hmm. one of these companies is kind of doing something in the right, uh, you know, in the right direction. Yeah. But, uh, I don't really, you know, do you? Uh, is there anything? I, there is one show we watch, Outlander on Stars. Okay. 
Um, do you watch anything at all on Stars? No, I do not have a subscription to Stars. Okay. And not that I have anything against it, but uh, I mean, I already have subscription services to Prime, Netflix, Paramount much. Plus, and yeah, and Max. It's just way too much. Well, yeah. I remember Stars. You know, the trick with Stars, like when I first got it, mm-hmm. they they gave it like three months for ninety nine cents. Or I something, took right? advantage of that right. for a while. I had that, and then what you would, the trick was every time you'd have to cancel, and you have to tell them you're going to. And then they well, you say I want to cancel, and then they would be like, well, we'll give it to you, you know, because it went up. It was like two ninety nine. It's yeah. going to go up to two ninety nine's regular price mm-hmm. or four ninety nine. Then they would drop it. Then you say, oh, I'm going to cancel. Then they go, no, 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 we'll give it to you for a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. And then you would say, no, I really want to cancel. And then they would drop it back down to ninety nine cents for three months again. Right, you gotta I, I, love I it. think I, I read, wrote on that thing for like a year. Like every three months, I'd have to do that little uh, game. But I, I'd get that price for a whole year. I was like, wow. I know, awesome. right? No kidding. But, but then they, but then of course, you know, as uh, things go up in price, uh, they they quit doing that. But I think there's only one show we watch, and then now that we're over that show, <laughs> we're probably going to get rid of it. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is so, what it is. Yeah. Well, hey, folks going to do it speaking of is what it is that's our cue to leave (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's it hey um we hope you enjoyed the show and uh definitely check us out on our social media as we said before it's uh on x formerly twitter at pti underscore podcast and facebook at pardon the intermission there you go so you guys take care out there we'll see you on the next one take care god bless hey thank you so much for listening Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.